Hey, BSN listeners, we're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee from Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee can't make any claims, but this CBD-enriched coffee has really changed lives. Their reviews are really incredible, so you got to check these guys out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, decreased anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Again, that's promo code BSN2018, BSN2018 at checkout. Get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Your host, Harrison Wind here, recording Monday night after this latest Nuggets win. It's a big one tonight. Denver wins in Toronto, 106 103. We are presented today by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that can get you into any event in Denver. Use promo code BSN50 for your first month under 20 bucks. You got to check those guys out. I went to the CUCSU game this weekend, courtesy of In We Go in Boulder, little college basketball, a great game. Thanks to In We Go. So make sure to check them out on the app, online as well, inwego.com backslash BSN. Well, where to start tonight? I'll throw a couple general thoughts out there before I get into the nitty gritty of this game. The Total Beverage Fan Hotline, by the way, guys, was blowing up after this game. I think we hit double digits on there, so I'll play a couple calls, and I'll save some for tomorrow when Christian hops back on the show. But here's what I'll say about this game from a high level, from a macro sense. In my book, this is the best one of the Michael Malone era. Ironically enough, Malone was at 500 as the Nuggets coach before this game. He was 134 and 134 heading into tonight. So he gets above 500 and I think gets the signature win of his time in Denver. He's had a lot of good wins, no doubt. He's had a lot of really impressive wins over the Warriors over the last couple of years. Some big wins on the road. This one takes the cake, though. To go into Toronto, a place where it's not easy to play against the Raptors, who have been unanimously the best team in the league this year, leading the league in net rating. They probably have the MVP right now in Kawhi Leonard, or maybe Giannis is that guy, but a top two guy in MVP right now. A team that is probably the most complete team offensively and defensively from top to bottom in the league. They have a great bench, maybe not better than Nuggets though. They have a great starting five, a good coach in Nick Nurse. They play really well at home. They've been hitting on all cylinders. We've been talking about how well the Nuggets have been playing. The Raptors have probably been playing even better as of late. 
Toronto had won eight in a row heading into tonight. They were the favorites tonight. They were expected to push that streak to nine, but it was some effort from Denver tonight without Will Barton and without Gary Harris for three quarters. If you didn't watch the game, you're probably wondering, what did Gary Harris do tonight? Why did he only play nine minutes? Well, he went down in the first quarter with about three minutes remaining in the period, a hip injury. He went down after taking the ball to the rack in a similar fashion to how Will Barton went down a couple months back with uh, that hip injury, groin injury, whatever you want to call it. You know, this one on the surface didn't look nearly as severe. Like Harris didn't have the same reaction that Barton had. You know, if you remember that injury from Barton, he was in some serious pain back then. Uh, But Harris definitely had some discomfort, kind of landed awkwardly, immediately grabbed the hip groin area, played another possession or two, and then uh, went back to the locker room. He was ruled out almost immediately. It was kind of surprising because it didn't look too serious when it happened live. And his reaction, unlike Barton's, just was in some discomfort. He was rubbing it a little bit, but he stayed in for a little, tried to play on it, and then went out. And Gary's also a guy who's played through stuff before. He's tough as nails. It's going to take a lot to hold him out of a game like this. You know, he wants to get up for playing Toronto, too, the top team in the East. So it was definitely significant, I'll say. It'll be something to monitor tomorrow. He's slated to get an MRI as long as, you know, I'm sure he doesn't wake up tomorrow and it's feeling 100%. So we'll probably get that MRI and we'll hear about that sometime on Tuesday. And that's going to be a big blow if he does miss time. Will this Nuggets team ever get healthy? I know one, a couple of you guys asked about that on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. That speaks to how well this team's clicking right now. And that's a scary thought, what this team could be when they're fully healthy. I mean, if the Nuggets are able to do what they're doing right now, Third best defense in the league. Top offense. Again, the defense was incredible tonight. I'll get into that a little later. To do what they're doing with the injuries they've got, without Will Barton, without Gary Harris for this game, it definitely seems like something special is building here in Denver. And this team is special, too, with the chemistry, the camaraderie, how they fit together and whatnot. But going back to that point I made a couple minutes ago, I think this is the best win of the Mike Malone era. It's fitting how it gets him to one game over 500, 135, and 134 as the Nuggets coach. And this is also the best basketball the Nuggets have played under Michael Malone. This stretch right now, I do feel, is the pinnacle that we've seen from the Nuggets under this current regime, under this current coaching staff. They played well towards the end of last year, but they've really raised their level of play to another level over this recent stretch. They're executing on defense. It was another really good defensive effort, even though Toronto scored over 100 points to limit the Raptors to 103. With the talent on that roster, with Kyle Lowry, with Kawhi Leonard, that's a heck of an accomplishment. And in the first half tonight, felt like the offense looked about as good as it has this season. I mean, Nuggets put up 59 points in that first half, hit 50% from the field, 6-16 from three. I... Touched on this on Friday's show with Christian, but a storyline that's going under the radar here. The Nuggets were one of the worst three-point shooting teams, the second worst actually over the first kind of portion of this season. Over the last 10-12 games, they've been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Wancho shooting the ball great. Even Torrey Craig, who was called on to play some emergency minutes tonight, knocked down two of his three threes. Malik Beasley's been shooting the ball great this year. That's a huge development from him. He could be thrust into some more duty. 
if Gary Harris misses some time. He was three of three. Jamal and Nicola, those are the two guys Nuggets still need to get going. Nicola just does not look like he has any trust in his three-point jumper right now. The one he took towards the end of the game was way off. I don't even know if it grazed rim. It might have just hit backboard. Jamal was two of seven. That's seven turnovers for Jamal, too. A couple of you guys asked about his night, so I'll save those thoughts for a little bit later in the show. Those are the last two guys Nuggets really need to get going from three, but going back to that first quarter, it was flawless, man. They were executing on offense. The ball was popping. Jokic was dealing. He had 10 assists in that first quarter. Of course, finished with 15, his second triple-double of the year. He was slicing up the Raptors' defense, finding cutters, really just operating at the level we know he can. And that leads me into this first question I want to get to. We haven't heard from EJ in a while, but he's got a question about Nikola Jokic, and that's where I want to start tonight. So let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. EJ Holloway, Jacksonville, Florida. Christian Harrison is good to call in and talk to you guys once more and the Denver Nuggets fan base after this beautiful win against the Toronto Raptors. Jokic, what an amazing player. I mean, this is the Jokic that we want, right? 23 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists, and that wicked four-pointer at the end of the game that won't be counted and go down as one of the best plays of the year, if not the best. Uh, definitely a no-look three-pointer and fouled behind the line, but they whistled before um, the shot was taken by Yoke. Uh, Joker looks amazing, guys. The passing was insane. Like I said, 15 assists, triple-double against a team that was rolling. Toronto came in. Well, technically, they didn't come in. You know, they got steamrolled in Toronto. Uh, we're looking at a team that won eight straight. We're on a five-win streak. Everyone's against us, I'm sure, in this game. I mean, Toronto's only lost four on the season. We hand them their fifth loss in Toronto with Drake watching. How fun. Um, I truly enjoyed this game. I'm going to sit here and say the Nuggets had the best bench in the league, most exciting team to watch, um, not a stretch in my book, and uh, truly enjoying watching these Nuggets. It's a great time to be a fan. So uh, first question, with Jokic scoring 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 15 assists, is this where he lifts off? And, uh, you know, we see the Jokic that, you know, sustained these types of numbers for, you know, uh, three, four months near the end of the season last year. Um, will he continue to do this throughout the year, or are we going to continue to see up and down Joker? And then, um, you know, lastly, second question, if they had counted that four-point shot, let's say he makes a free throw after, would that go down, that no-look three from, like, obviously a four-point line, would that go down as the best play of the year? Obviously so far, but, I mean, for good. Could anyone top it? Who could, and what would the play be? Uh, it's all fantasy here, guys. Thank you, Christian and Harrison. This is a wonderful pod. Go Nuggets. Thanks, EJ. Yeah, that what would have been a four-point play that Jokic had late in the game where he got fouled, tossed up. It was almost like a two-handed over-the-head pass that he just kind of turned and faced the hoop, launched it from around half court. It drops, of course. I don't know if any of you guys were watching Scott Van Pelt's edition of SportsCenter late at night tonight. He played that clip. He was playing highlights from the Nuggets game. He plays that 
three by Jokic and just goes, what even is he, right? That's the reaction you get from those shots. Uh, Jokic had a couple of those tonight. He had that three, which, yeah, I agree with you, EJ. Probably would have been one of the plays of the year if it had dropped. He had that sidewinder, I think I called it on Twitter, where he was on the left wing, whirled the ball on a rope to Jamal Murray in the corner who hit a three, one of his best passes of the year. You know, that's what you just get with Jokic. Passes like that, plays like that potential four-point play that almost counted. Now, that's what you get with Jokic when the Nuggets are playing to his strengths, right? And when he's comfortable, when the Nuggets are deploying that equal opportunity offense, when there's a lot of off-ball movement, when there's a lot of cutters, when the ball's flying around, when the Nuggets are getting up and down, when they're playing with a good pace, when there's not a lot of play calls, you see Jokic play to his best. We've seen that for three years now. And I do think he's rounding into form. I do think he's back. I think those struggles we saw, starting with that Memphis game, that's in the rearview mirror now. I think what you saw tonight was a confident Nikola Jokic who was dictating the pace of play. He dominated this game, right? He dominated this game when he was out there. The assists, the scoring. I think at one point he was responsible for like 40 of the Nuggets' 70 points. I believe at the end of the night he was responsible for 50-something of the Nuggets' 106 points. He dominated this game tonight really by, by only scoring you know 23 points. The 15 assists had a lot to do with it too. And he was just comfortable. He was liking the way the Nuggets were playing. He was enthusiastic. He was barking out commands to his guys. He had a couple unbelievable defensive possessions. He had this closeout to the three-point line the fourth quarter. I forget who it was on that kind of made me stand up on my couch at home and just go, wow. Nuggets had one of their other most impressive plays of the year defensively uh, late in the fourth quarter that Jokic was on the floor for as well that I tweeted out. So you see this kind of Jokic when the Nuggets are playing to his strengths. Over these past couple games, they certainly have been doing that. This offense, I have felt like, has looked really good here over this recent stretch. And I think I'm ready to say he's kind of emerged as Jokic again. This is the guy we're familiar with. And this is the guy we remember from last year. I would think he's here to stay because the Nuggets don't look like they're slowing down, right? Down Will Barton, down Gary Harris... They still played about as well tonight as they have played all year. And so I don't see this stopping anytime soon. I predicted what they would go through December 29th on um, Friday show. I already looked to be way off on that prediction. So I might have to recalibrate that here. Didn't think Nuggets would win tonight's game. Thought they might even drop another one on this road trip. But hey, I don't think a sweep on this road trip is out of the question anymore. And then you come home for two big games against Memphis and Oklahoma City. So I think Jokic is back. Tonight was an example of it. I feel like he's been building towards this for a couple games now. He's had a couple really solid games, although his efficiency at times hasn't really been there. That Oklahoma City game, he goes 6-20, even though Denver gets to win. 0-7 from 3. Against the Lakers, he was just 5-14. Not the typical efficient Nikola Jokic that we saw last year, but his shot hasn't been there this year. His three-point shot has not been there this year. Now, he's hovering around 30% from three this season, a year after shooting close to 40 from three. I think that will come around, though, and then you'll probably see that shooting percentage begin to climb a bit. 
and also this Nuggets offense in general is flying right now. Everybody's moving. There's pace to it. There's a lot of pace in the half court right now. They're averaging 30 assists in their last nine games. It's the most in the NBA over that span. Usually assists are a good barometer of just how healthy the Nuggets offense is. If they're in the high 20s, low 30s, that's phenomenal. If the Nuggets get 30 assists a game, I'd love to know what their record is. When the Nuggets have had 30 assists or more in a game, I can't imagine they've lost too many of them. Something else I thought was really impressive tonight. The Nuggets won this game while turning the ball over 20 times. That was a season high. 20 turnovers from Denver. If you remember a couple weeks ago, and he rattled off that stat about the Nuggets being the only team in the league not to turn the ball over 20 times and have 20 or more assists in every game, I guess that stat's no longer in play. The Nuggets had 20 turnovers tonight. They're no longer the only team to hit those marks in every game this season. Like The fact they were able to win, turn the ball over 20 times, says a lot, I think. The Raptors helped them out. They turned the ball over 17 times themselves. But coming into tonight, turnovers were the key to this team's success this year. Denver was 10-1 and in games where they had fewer turnovers than their opponent. That has kind of been their formula to win games all season long. It's been the key for them. Obviously, defense has been a key too. But if you really look at the turnovers, that's where they've won and lost games this year. And they were really able to overcome that. Jamal Murray, the biggest culprit here this evening. He had seven of them. Wancho had three. Nicole Jokic had a pair. Mason Plumlee had two. Monte had one. A couple of the bench guys had the other ones. Paul Millsap had three. That's why it was so surprising. The Nuggets won this game, really. They played well enough to win, but you know, the 20 turnovers, usually that's going to signal a loss. Jamal's seven definitely stand out, though. And I know some of you guys had questions on these. I, I might just wait to play those uh, on Wednesday's show so I can chat about them with Christian, really poke his brain on them. Uh, but Jamal's night, 41 minutes. It was a game high. 9-21 from the field, 2-7 from three. The seven turnovers, he did have 21 points, seven rebounds, and eight assists. Certainly filled up the box score tonight, you know. Uh, but we know this about Jamal. The turnovers are the weakest part of his game right now. The point guarding, if that's even a verb. That's where he's struggling the most right now. It's where he struggled the most this season, really where he struggled throughout his career the most. It's just the basic kind of point guarding stuff. And I went through all his turnovers tonight. I watched them back. Most of them were very avoidable. He had two travels tonight where he just kind of, one of them was when he was a little hesitant under the hoop on the baseline, didn't take the layup, the reverse layup for some reason and ended up traveling. Another one where he just kind of went to the paint with nowhere to go, jump stopped, he slipped, he traveled. Another one of his turnovers was another one where he went to the paint, jumped to pass, couldn't find anyone through the ball away. It seems like most of his turnovers come when he kind of gets caught up in congestion, when there's a lot of bodies around him, when he's in the paint amongst the trees. He's either jumping the pass and throws the ball away, or he's just kind of caught around a lot of big bodies and is trying to dump the ball off and can't really get it out of there. It just seems like he's getting himself into trouble. These are very avoidable. It seems like when he gets into the paint, he's just not being decisive in what to do. If I should attack the rim, if I should look to pass, maybe that instinct just isn't quite there yet. When he gets into the paint, he's just thinking too much. He's a little indecisive right now. And that will come, I think. I'm not ready to write off Jamal Murray, of course, like some people are. He's 21. 
He's not the most natural point guard. He'll get there. He's good enough. He's got the skill set to play point guard for this team, to start at point guard for this team going forward. But he's still struggling with a lot of the basic things we've been talking about all year. That's just where he's at right now. And don't get me wrong, Jamal Murray had some nice plays tonight. He had a really nice pass to Jokic, nice little pocket pass. One he's thrown away a lot this year late to put Denver up one with just 40 seconds to go. That was one of his better passes of the night. But yeah, he's still struggling with that pass back to Jokic, you know, after a high pick and roll. He tried to go behind the back on one of them today. I'm sure he'll hear that in the film session tomorrow. I'm sure Michael Mullen will have that one circled uh, right at the top of the turnovers he wants to go over in the Tuesday film session. But the fact that Nuggets were able to get the win tonight with 20 turnovers, that's huge for this team. They were able to overcome that. They had a big game from Jokic. I think he's back. I've seen enough over these last couple games to think whatever struggles he was going through earlier this year, those are long gone. And we're going to see this Jokic a lot more over the next few weeks, over the next few months, for the rest of the season. And this offense, this offense is clicking right now. The defense has been clicking all year. The offense has been building up to this point, but the assists are there, the movement is there, the half-court pace is there. It's fun to watch. This team's one of the most watchable teams in the league, if not the most watchable. They play an incredibly fun brand of basketball. They play a brand that everybody in the league wants to play, a free, open style of basketball. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to cover. It's fun to talk about. Right now on bsendeavor.com, we've got a game story from this game. We've got a breakdown from this game in our Golden Nuggets format. It's been a big favorite of BSN Denver subscribers this year. Pretty much go through Christian or I game by game. List off observations, quotes, video from that night. Really gives you an all-encompassing rundown. We call it our Golden Nuggets. You can find it on bsndenver.com right now. And I know I say this a lot, but if you're not subscribed, you guys are missing out. Just $4.99 a month. It's as low as 2 bucks a year if you buy a three-year plan. It's not a lot of money. It's a cup of coffee a day. Less than a cup of coffee a day, depending on what you drink. And you don't just get the Nuggets coverage. You get the Rockies, the Broncos, the Avalanche coverage too. Our podcasts are great. We do them every day. It's probably about 25% of our total work though. So bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. We got some great shirts on the BSN Denver locker that you can get as well right now. Some Nugget shirts, Bronco shirts as well, Avalanche, Rockies, really whatever you guys want. That's all on the BSN Denver locker. So again, hit bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Come on. I know some of you guys have probably been holding out for a while, but this is the time to get on board. I'm telling you, the coverage is only going to get better from here as this team keeps improving and this season keeps rolling. And we get closer and closer and closer to the playoffs. Let's go ahead and hit a break real quick. I'll come back with some more thoughts on this game on the other side. Be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. This podcast is presented by InWeGo, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right. As many events as you can fit into your schedule for only $39 per month. Brandon Spano's here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, guys, this year alone, I've been to Avalanche games, Nuggets games, 
Rockies games, Rapids games, Buffs games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals. I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my life. <laughs> if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that Inwego can get you in. And here's where it gets good. We've partnered with Inwego to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all the events you can handle for less than $20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego. Harrison Wind here, Tuesday edition of the show. Recording this one late Monday night after this Nuggets win. I want to go back to the Total Beverage fan hotline. Our guy Corey has a question about where this team stands as a road team now. We know about the defense. It's been a huge talking point this season. It's been a huge storyline. We know about the bench. I've been calling it the best bench in the league. The numbers back that up. The eye test backs it up. That's been a huge storyline. But what about how well this team has played on the road this year? I've got some thoughts on that. But first, let's hear from Corey on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. Just looking at these standings, not in disbelief, but, I mean, it's amazing. 16-7, and 10-4 and 4 in the conference, undefeated in the division, 9-3 and 3 at home, so we have one of the better home records in the NBA. Maybe not at the top, but very good. But 7-4 and four on the road, the best road team in the Western Conference. So, I mean, this team, I mean, I couldn't imagine this. I don't know how, how you guys feel about the Nuggets as they currently stand with the statistics that they have going for them right now. I'm speechless. But what do you guys think about where the Nuggets are currently at as the as a good road team, and how does that bode for their future? Thank you for all the content and the daily podcast. Definitely listen to these every day while I'm working. Help me get to that that work day. So keep up the good work, guys, and go Nuggets. Yeah, Corey, I feel you, man. I'm speechless too, especially when it comes to this road record. 7-4 and four on the road right now. It's the best road record in the Western Conference. It's the second best road record in the league Behind, yeah, you guessed it, the Toronto Raptors, who, like I said, had come into tonight as the unquestioned best team in the league at 20-5. and five. They're 10-3 at home, 10-2 and two on the road. They've been dominant everywhere they've gone. So the Nuggets have the second-best road record in the league right now. They're 7-4. and four. It's not like they've just beaten cupcakes on the road either. I mean, look at these teams they've beaten away from Pepsi Center. The Clippers on opening night. That's a top five win this year. We probably didn't think it was at the time, but the Clippers are a legit team right now. I don't know if they'll stay legit. I don't think they'll stay a top four or five seed in the Western Conference, but for now, they're playing like one. That's a great win. A win at the Thunder. Going back, what was that, just last week or two weeks ago, 105-98 without Gary Harris. That was a huge win. It went at Portland in a similar fashion to how the Nuggets won this game. It wasn't pretty, but they got the win. And on the road, your offense might not always be operating at the peak performance we saw in the first half for the entire game. Like I mentioned, the Nuggets offense was great in the first half. They shot it over 50% from the field. The Nuggets scored 59 points in the first half. 
They hit 37.5% of their threes. In the second half, like we see from time to time when the Nuggets go on the road against a good opponent, their offense is going to fall off a little. They slipped under 40% shooting from the field. They still hit their threes, but they had 11 turnovers. What do you have to do on the road when your offense isn't there late in games? you got to play defense. And that's what's been really impressive about these last few big-time Nuggets wins on the road. Down the stretch, the offensive execution hasn't always been there. It hasn't been the type of execution we've seen on the offensive end of the four in the first half. But their defense has been. And that's what you got to do to win games on the road in this league, and especially win games against really good teams like the Raptors, like the Blazers have been this year, like the Thunder have been as of late, like the Clippers were earlier this year. You've got to play defense late in games. You've got to get stops. And I threw this on Twitter tonight after the game, but that Nuggets defensive possession they had, and this happened with Denver leading by one with under 40 seconds to go. They played defense for 24 seconds. They played defense for the entire shot clock. And then Toronto got the ball back. And they had to play defense some more. And they forced a missed three. They forced two missed threes. Juancho Aaron Gomez pulled down an enormous offensive rebound. That was a major league offensive rebound that he pulled down. He got fouled. He hit one of two. Jokic hit three free throws later on. We know what happened from there. Kawhi Leonard hit a mid-ranger, and then Denver held on. Also good defense at the end on that potential game tying three. Maybe Denver should have fouled. I probably would have fouled, but hey, uh, they got the win. Defense is huge for this team, especially on the road. At home, look, the Nuggets can probably outscore every team in the league if they really want to at home. But on the road away from Pepsi Center, where you're not as used to the hoops you're shooting on, when you're cramped in a small locker room, when you're not sleeping in your own bed at night, sometimes your offense, even if it's there for one half, it's not going to be there for the entire game. And that's really when you need your defense to step up that's been the biggest key for this team when it comes to winning games on the road. Here's a stat for you. Last year, in games away from Pepsi Center, in games on the road, Nuggets were the second worst defense in the league. They were given about 112.7 points per 100 possessions in road games. The second worst mark in the league. This year, we know their defense has been really good. We know they're the third best defense in the league. But on the road, Denver is the fourth best defense in the league. That's incredible. That year-to-year turnaround is incredible. And I tweeted out this graphic earlier today to go with a story I did on Paul Millsap winning Player of the Week honors. Just kind of putting Denver's 2017-18 defensive numbers and their 2018-19 defensive numbers side-by-side. Because that's really the only way you can appreciate the what I call an unprecedented improvement. Because... I bet you cannot go back in league history and find a team that has kept together as much of its roster as the Nuggets did from last year to this year, and Denver returns 78% of their minutes from last year to this year's team to be exact, and have this much of an improvement defensively. Last year, Denver was 23rd in defensive rating. This year, they're third. Last year, they gave up 108.5 points per game. That was 22nd in the league. This year, they gave up 102.7 points per game. That's second. Last year, they were the worst team when it came to opponent field goal percentage. This year, they're 10th in the league. And here's the stunner. Last year, the Nuggets were the worst three-point defense in the league. They allowed their opponent to shoot 37.8% from three. This year, 
They're the second best. They've cut that number down to 31.2%. An unprecedented improvement. And the defense really starts to matter away from Pep Center when your offense isn't going well. Because there will be halves, there will be quarters where the Nuggets look like themselves on offense. It's going to go away, though, probably in the fourth quarter. When maybe you don't get a friendly whistle, when maybe the Portlands of the world, when the Torontos of the world get their crap together and start to put their pedal to the ground, that's when you need your defense to step up. And Nuggets have had that as of late. Oh, yeah, and how about this final point about this Nuggets defense? Denver made Kyle Lowry a non-factor. He was one of seven from the field in 34 minutes. He had 11 assists, but he did nothing individually on the offensive end of the floor. One of six from three, just five points. 48 hours earlier in Orlando, they did the same thing to Damian Lillard. Lillard played 40 minutes, handed out eight assists, but was just six of 16 from the field, scored 15 points. What about a few days before that? Remember that game against Oklahoma City? Nuggets and mainly Torrey Craig held Russell Westbrook to 6 of 23 shooting, 1 of 12 shooting from 3. Sure, he had 10 rebounds, 12 assists, only 16 points. The Nuggets holding all-star level point guards in check, it's becoming a thing here. It's an impressive notch on the belt for this Nuggets defense. Let's go ahead and take a final break. Some final thoughts here on the other side. One more question I'll get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. 106-103, the Nuggets win tonight. Recapping some final thoughts I had in the game here. Got one more question to get to on the Total Beverage fan hotline. Again, Gary Harris goes down the first quarter. He only plays nine minutes. Right hip injury. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. If he misses time, I know Malik Beasley played really well tonight. It's been one of the trends that's helped this bench unit become what I've called the best bench unit in the league, the best second unit in the league. He was dynamite tonight. 15 points, 6 of 8 from the field, 3 of 3 from beyond the arc. His confidence right now is at a completely different level than it was a year ago and even earlier this season. I would probably still expect Nuggets to start Torrey Craig if Gary Harris does, for example, miss this game in Orlando in a couple days. Torrey Craig started games of four in place of Gary Harris. And look, he hit two or three from three tonight. So you know Mike Malone's going to look at that and say, hey, why can't we put him in the lineup? That's probably the direction that Nuggets would go if Gary Harris misses time. Again, that's an if right now. We'll probably know more on Tuesday sometime or maybe Wednesday. Want to go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, address a question I got about Monte Morris because this was probably the first game in a while 
maybe the first game this season where Monte Morris didn't exactly pop off the screen. So without further ado, let's head back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, answer another question. This is Frank from Fort Collins. What a win. That was uh, one of the most um, impressive wins I've seen from the Nuggets in a long time. I'm glad it's a little earlier game because um, I don't think I'd be able to, to sleep right now. Uh, that was just uh, intense and uh, wow. Um, my question is uh, for our point guards, Monte looked like he was a young player tonight for the first time. Um, Scott Hastings, I think, and largely was pointing out how he was really getting pressured from Van Vliet and it was showing and he needed to just go by him. Um, I don't know that given what we've seen from Monte so far at last, but I was curious, um, you know, uh, what, uh, what happened there and if it was, uh, just the pressure, if he was told differently to, um, you know, he's like, he was too into, I got to get the ball to Jokic or, uh, Jamal off the curl on the down screen when, and uh, Jokic would uh, down screen for, for Jamal. Um, but it, it looked bad, and they climbed back into the game when we were up. And then Jamal, um, you know, he has goods and bads, and he's been – what bothers me most is his inconsistency with um, turnovers and, you know, jumping in the air, which I've said before. Um, he jumps to pass, and it drives me bonkers when he does that. Um, so I, I, what, what are we going to do with, uh, with, with Jamal? I'm not as worried about Monte to be honest with you, even though Jamal is, what is his third year? I'm less worried about Monte than I am about Jamal, but, uh, uh I, I don't know, is his confidence lacking? He's a confident guy and he keeps talking about how he's confident in, um, you know, the comments he made in the press about, uh, hating Canadians and now he's the, the villain and all that kind of stuff. And now he, um, uh, he, he says that and he's just a very confident, cocky kind of person and that might be good, but he, he's not backing it up with his play, which really bothers me. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Thanks for the time, guys. Love the show and go Nuggets. Yeah, the Jamal Murray portion of that, I know it's frustrating for fans. It's definitely frustrating for the Nuggets right now. And yeah, I just think he's putting himself in bad positions. I spoke about this at the top of the show, but he's getting into the lane. He's being a little indecisive. He's not really sure of himself where he wants to go. It's got to be a little more direct. If I get into the lane and I have an opportunity, I'm going to go up to the rim with this. Or well, he's got to read the defense better ahead of time and anticipate if there's going to be a crowd that he's driving into and scan the three-point line and find an open shooter. He's just got to take that next step in his game. I think he'll get there, but he's struggling right now. As I kind of teased before I played the question, tonight was really the first game in a while where Monte Morris hasn't exactly popped off the screen. He was just 3 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. His shot wasn't going. He missed a lot of shots in the paint from close range. A lot of the ones that he's hit with regularity this year. He missed three from in the paint tonight. He missed one from right around the elbow, and then he missed the two threes. A lot of those shots he's been hitting this year. And he only had one assist, too. You know, typically in 22 minutes, Monte Morris is going to rack up five, six, seven assists. I don't think he played a bad game by any means. He just had one turnover. He was a minus five overall, but just didn't pop in the way he has over the last couple of games. And I feel like the pressure kind of got to him a little bit. Fred Van Vliet, the guard 
off the Raptors bench who, ironically enough, going back to summer league, this is a cool story, but going back to the summer when Monte Morris was in the Nuggets practice gym and whatnot playing pickup, getting ready to play summer league, the Nuggets had a conversation with him telling him that they wanted him to be like their version of Fred Van Vliet. They wanted him to get in games, pick up 94 feet, defend the full length of the court, muck up the game, inject some energy into the game, and be that disruptor that Fred Van Vliet was for the Raptors last year. Funny enough, he's playing that exact role for the Nuggets this year, and he's doing that. You watch Monte Morris going back to Summer League in the preseason, and in the regular season, he's picking up 94 feet a lot of times, pressuring the opposing point guard. But it did seem like that pressure got to him a little bit tonight. I think he'll be fine. The Monte Morris we saw for the first 22 games of this season is more so who he really is, not as much who he was tonight. But again, it's not like he played a bad game. So he'll probably bounce back against the Magic. He had a really solid outing against them the last time those two teams matched up. He went for eight points, four rebounds, three assists, zero turnovers, a classic Monte Morris game. So he'll probably bounce back. And he's another guy. If Gary Harris doesn't miss time, he could see his playing time increase along with Malik Beasley and, of course, Torrey Craig. Wrapping up here, that's really the general thoughts I've got on tonight's game. I'll get into some more specifics with Christian tomorrow when he hops on the show for our Wednesday show. But again, just going over some big-picture thoughts from tonight. The bench struggled a bit in the second quarter, but they really bounced back in the second half, I felt like. Malik Beasley had a huge game. Him emerging as a dependable option for Denver is enormous off the Nuggets bench. If you look at the guys on the Nuggets bench, Malik Beasley has the highest ceiling, right? He's probably got a higher ceiling than Monte Morris for as good as Monte Morris has been. He's got a higher ceiling than Torrey Craig. He's so much younger than Mason Plumlee. He's got a higher ceiling than Trey Lyles. This guy at 6'4", 6'5", can jump out of the gym. He had a couple of really nice dunks tonight again. He can defend his butt off. He's got a really high ceiling in this league. He could be a starting two guard for a lot of teams. So it's great to see him blossom. Great to see the steps he's made this year. Snuggets offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. They did it tonight against one of the better defenses in the league. Coming up, they've got three matchups against teams who don't exactly scare you a ton on the defensive end of the floor. Orlando, Charlotte, and Atlanta. I got to think they'll keep things going. And two other things. Paul Millsap right now, he should be a leader for Defensive Player of the Year. He's led the Nuggets to the third best defense in the league for well over a quarter of the regular season. He's the best defender on the third best defense in the league. A defense which could continue to rise here over these next three games against Orlando, Charlotte, and Atlanta. And also Mike Malone. He's got to be a leader for Coach of the Year right now. I said this on a podcast last week, and I've written about it since then even. But Nuggets are the number one team in the West right now. It's got to be him, Doc Rivers, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer as the top four guys for Coach of the Year. And you can make a case for any of them, but... What Michael Malone has done with this team should not be glossed over. Paul Millsap's had a huge impact on the defensive end of the floor. Michael Malone has played a large part in getting his team to buy in, to commit, to have the 
extra effort, and defensive mentality they've had this year. It's been crazy. Steam's defense has been unbelievable this year. The discipline they've had early in games, late in games. Tonight against Toronto was another example. He deserves a lot of credit for that, and he should be a leader right now for coach of the year. That's all I got for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, subscribe to bsndenver.com. You're missing out on a lot of great Nuggets coverage there. Every day we've got stories up, every night after the games, so don't miss out on that any longer. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Talk to you guys tomorrow. What if we told you that whiskey and vodka weren't just for drinking? It's true. Jason and Erica, owners of Distilled Bath & Body, created pit liquor. You heard me right, pit liquor. It's an all-natural deodorant that actually works. Ramona found pit liquor online and now says she's a customer of theirs for life. Pit liquor is wonderful. They save my underarms. No more sweaty, itchy underarms for me. So I definitely love them and will be a customer as long as it keeps the smell, I guess, away. Pit Liquor has no harmful chemicals or toxins and doesn't have any ingredients you wouldn't find in Grandma's kitchen. I came across Pit Liquor online on Instagram. I saw an ad advertising no baking soda used in their product. So the difference between Pit Liquor and other natural deodorant is I do not stink. <laughs> I've tried several, several different brands and either I end up with an itchy rash or it doesn't last. But Pit Liquor for me lasts all day. Pit Liquor's risk-free guarantee should put your mind at ease. Head to pitlicker.com and use the promo code number one fan to save 11% and have it shipped straight to your home. That's hashtag one fan.